This is the Earn More as a Life Coach podcast with Victoria Gibson, episode 44. Welcome to Earn More as a Life Coach with Victoria Gibson, the marketing resource for life coaches who want to transform more lives with their coaching and earn more while they do it. Welcome, coaches. Today, we're talking about the very perky topic of business disappointment just to cheer you up. But I want to dive into feeling disappointed in your business and how often it can railroad you from your big goals and how many times you can be holding on to disappointment from missed opportunities, unmet expectations, or perceived bad decisions that you've made. And that can really block your momentum. And I see it coming up time and time again, and I have definitely experienced this too. And it can be a short-lived or recurring disappointment that happens when your expectations for the results you wanted, the goals you planned for are missed or unmet. And that leads to just feeling disappointed. And that can lead to feeling disappointed in the moment and moving through it, or it can be something that hangs around for a long time. Things like missed launch revenues, business coaches or courses or any kind of coaches or personal development opportunities that you've invested in that haven't brought you the result you planned for or hoped for. Maybe it's hiring team members to help move your business forward that haven't worked out or a client who's wanted a refund or perhaps they have expressed to you that they don't like what you offered or the experience that you gave them in the work that you did together. There are examples that are kind of common in the online coaching space and can really feel big, especially when they happen for the first time. And those kind of events will lead to disappointment. Obviously, life can lead to some feelings of disappointment, but they will often then intensify other feelings like sadness, anger, hopelessness, or maybe even turn into anger and resentment. So it's like disappointment is a seed emotion for even bigger emotions the longer you hold onto it. And one of two things usually follow from what I have seen in coaching clients and in my own business experiences of disappointment, particularly before I came to understand how to better manage my mind, that is still an ongoing process, obviously, but before I had a lot of the life coaching tools at my disposal, I definitely indulged in disappointment and blame and some of the things that we'll talk about in today's episode. But generally, one of two things normally happen. And the first is that you'll usually want to switch out some strategies to replace a failed strategy or circumstance that happened. And you want to kind of shift your focus to working on something completely new, or you want to hire another team member that's completely different, or you want to spend more money to get a better result, or you want to change your target market up because you missed your launch numbers. Change your price is another one, or change the name of your program because that will hopefully avoid any chance of failure or disappointment again. So what happens is you create a new focus to overshadow the experience of the disappointment. 
I often see this with Facebook ads. Many coaches saying, I don't want to use Facebook ads. I've used that before and it didn't work out and it doesn't work for my offer. And choosing to believe those kind of absolutes in order to prevent having to open themselves up to a feeling of disappointment again from missing their big goals. Or maybe it's firing a service provider, a consultant or a coach because you believed in hiring that person or that company that they would ensure that you get the goal. Now, sometimes some service providers definitely provide guarantees and that's fine, but it's holding on to the feelings of blame or hurt or regret that turns disappointment into something that will chip away at your progress and your success and your results, right? It's this all or nothing thinking that usually is quite rushed, all consuming. It's one of those things you want to talk to people about a lot and, you know, their eyes start to glaze over because you're bordering on obsession. And it's those decisions that come after disappointment that we may not realise are designed to rid ourselves of the negative emotion that we're feeling around a certain situation. We believe that those decisions will avoid or remove the disappointment that we felt. So we try to control an external variable to manage that emotion. But the risk of distracting yourself from actually moving through the disappointment, acknowledging the disappointment and processing it will more than likely compound your disappointment. It's like this disappointment railroad show that just builds upon itself because the distraction of the next decision or your response to disappointment, whatever that might be, will be fueled by the thoughts driving your disappointment. It actually doesn't get rid of how you feel about that disappointing situation. And it may also be swelled in there with feelings of regret and anger. Like I said, all these things build upon each other, all the emotions build upon each other and drive some future disappointment because you're choosing strategies or actions that are fueled by those thoughts, even though you're desperately trying to move away from them. And they're driving that next move or decision. Those negative emotions can perpetuate your disappointment because you can get to a place where you're not even sure what you should be doing to get it right anymore. Because making decisions from a place of disappointment, even though you're trying to change up the facts of what you're doing or trying to change the situation or the circumstance, will still be driven by whatever the thought is that is driving that disappointment, whether it's they let me down, that doesn't work, I don't think XYZ will respond well to that, that won't bring me money, I haven't got the ability to create that. I don't know if I can do it. Whatever the thought is, you'll be taking that in unless you deconstruct and become aware of it and move through it to really get some insight by remaining curious about what those thoughts are that are coming up. And being in a rush to replace one misresult with another great result or goal, big goal that you've been working on, you're likely to get the same result unless you change the way you think about that situation that caused you disappointment, okay? And that is because generally the feelings that come up are coming from 
your thoughts about the situation, not the situation, person, strategy or advice itself. And maybe you'll try the alternative and all too common path after a business disappointment. And that's what I like to call the ostrich path, where you withdraw your energy, participation and focus on your business and instead take the remote control in hand, maybe just pop down a doom scrolling social media compare and despair session or take the wine bottle in hand to escape the disappointment which are all surefire ways to perpetuate the disappointment and stay in that spin cycle of defeat. It's kind of annoying. And let's be clear, that kind of defeat can delay your potential success by years or it can even lead to you quitting your business altogether if you're choosing to hold on to the disappointment over the defeat. The actual defeat doesn't cause that. It's your thoughts of disappointment and holding on to them that will derail you. Okay, so why does it happen? Well, because our business goals are often created from a place of desire rather than data. Desire can appear very real and attainable, and it creates some real (laughs) stories around why the decisions that we are making, the strategies that we're pursuing, or the situations that have come to impact our results, why they can be our saving grace, why they can be a game-changing move or a huge windfall. And we go all in chasing the fulfillment of that desire, just like when you see a strategy out there that's working for someone else and you believe immediately, yes, that could work for me, that's just what I need particularly if it's coming from a place of trying to move out of the experience of having some negative emotion or experiencing a missed opportunity before or a missed goal or a missed expectation. And we go all in chasing the fulfillment of that desire and the stakes get even higher. And the disappointment, if we miss that goal, becomes much bigger, especially the more times you try. But it's funny for those business goals and decisions that matter so much to us, the expectations we have for making them happen are rarely based on research, data and facts. And that's because they're being fueled by an emotional connection, by that desire to move towards success and by experiencing that desire almost ahead of time, right? It might be a windfall of more money, the shift in your identity or the avoidance or energy or effort drain or heaven forbid having to wait longer than we expect we should or that we think we should. But in our rush to reach the summit of our desires, make those big goals happen, we sometimes fail to accept that there is a corresponding amount of hard that rides right next to the ease that we anticipate we're going to experience in reaching those big business goals. So we sometimes just fail to recognise that there will be those elements of persistence required to move through optimising things, strategies, for example, or we just underestimate our own abilities or knowledge of what's really required because we haven't done the thing before, right? So if it is our first time, we may not have all the information about what we need in terms of our own ability or resources or whatever it is, and we just don't know because we're trying it out for the first time. And as we build our skills, it will become easier, but 
sometimes the disappointment gets in the way of us keeping at getting better and improving and growing our experience. It's like parenting. You have no clue what the reality of it is going to be, yet you go in thinking you can nail it based on an underestimation of what's required because you haven't done it before. You haven't got that experience. And making it worse is that rather than investigate what's really going on and what we need and getting some of that evidence and adjusting our thinking to more of a beginner's mind, more of a place of acceptance for variance (laughs) of what we believe we deserve, we can make it mean that we're wrong, that we're not enough, that we were rejected. And it's like a pile-on that amplifies the effect that makes it really difficult to shake off and move on from. And even though disappointment can be the result of your perceived failures or missed expectations, it's also driven by our beliefs about external factors, things or people. But it's not the team member who quits after you invested all that time training them and paying them higher than you anticipated and spending hours preparing for their onboarding who caused your feelings of disappointment. It's not the coach you hired to help you lose weight that made you put on weight instead of squeeze back into those jeans from a few years ago. It's ignoring that your thinking influences how you feel, right? It's the thinking that influences that disappointment. And that's what drives what you will and won't do with what you have access to, to make your big goals happen. And the way you think about anything is up to you. Any situation, any circumstance, it is up to you. Just like you're choosing to believe that your big goals are going to happen before you have those feelings of disappointment. And the way you think about anything is up to you. It is something that you can influence. Just the same as the thinking that was influencing that you will meet that expectation, that the expectation of the goal was going to happen, right? And it's not the launch you spent $25,000 on to make $32,000. It's thinking that you should have made $100,000. That's the cause of your disappointment. The missed $68,000 you arbitrarily decided you deserve if you haven't planned fully with evidence and strategy, because maybe you did do that and something did go wrong. There's still going to be reasons for it that are data-based, not emotion-based, not beating yourself up for missing that amount and blaming yourself. Look for the insights in it. Look at the 32K as a data point and then look for reasons why that was the case. Some of it may be your ability or your capacity or decisions that you made, but I'm quite sure that if you look across the whole spectrum, it won't just be you and it won't just be one other person or one thing that caused that. Okay, so look at what was missed, what was needed, what did work well and what you can do to maximise the opportunities next time rather than abandon the possibility of trying it again or heaven forbid getting better at it. You can then stop holding on to that disappointment and trying to avoid getting better at creating your goal or moving towards your big goals because if these goals were easy, then everyone would just be doing it like hand over fist. It would just be happening, okay? I'm not saying just to feel positive instead. I know it's not that easy, but what I am saying is that excavating for insights and planning for evidence-based solutions and looking to the data to help you reach your goals in business and understanding that disappointment will happen, but being able to acknowledge, feel it, process it, move through it quickly so that you can keep moving towards your goals, keep trying 
the things that are working and shining a light into those opportunities that will help you. That's going to serve you far better than being railroaded by negative emotions, blaming others or falling into a resistance trap that just perpetuates itself. So how can you start to shift how you prepare for and experience business disappointment? Well, there are three keys to cure or prevent business disappointment. The first is an expectation reality check. Now, that is, like I said before, it's data-driven, taking the time to plan based on evidence, research, and exploring your priorities and the reasons for those priorities, your assessment of your own capabilities, the resources that you have, and what is a critical success factor to get to that goal. It's understanding external influences, planning for them, and liking your reasons for making that decision, going after that goal or choosing that strategy, no matter what, okay? Having your own back in that decision. The second is checking your attachment, emotions, and resistance around your decisions, the goals, or the situation. Red flags around this can be rushing, being in a rush, getting very frustrated, having immature responses to when things don't go your way, making really impulsive investments without a lot of thought or strategy, experiencing scarcity and making unreasonable demands on yourself or others, and definitely that stress and overwhelm. Of course, you can have some stress and some periods of overwhelm, but they shouldn't be the main feelings and experiences. If that is the case, then that is a bit of a red flag that you are setting yourself up for some disappointment and you're not planning for missing the goal or assessing the goal objectively, right? You're very emotionally attached to the outcome, which can lead to more disappointment. The third is this processing and moving on swiftly of disappointment. Of course, disappointments will sometimes happen, but eventually you will get better at processing and assessing rather than blaming yourself or others or avoiding having a go the next time or like Brene Brown says, getting in the ring. Having your own coach to get curious about your perception of the circumstances that lead to your disappointment or just getting your stream of consciousness down by writing it out, journaling, however you like to do it, chatting with someone else, it's going to help you see what some of the thinking is around some of these missed opportunities are. So if you are experiencing disappointment in your business, you're feeling it hard to let go of disappointment, or you're feeling a little hopeless, resistant or stuck, then another thing you may need is to shine a light onto the unseen opportunities that exist for you right now and how you can harness them in alignment with measurable and strategic goals rather than wishes and dreams or arbitrary expectations. So if you do want to have a quick reality check on your goals and the strategies and the thinking that you're pulling together in order to move your business forward, then book in for your marketing growth call with me. It's a 30-minute call designed to sort of shine a light into those corners and see what's going on and get some insights to move forward. It's absolutely free and fun and it will definitely work to prevent and cure feelings of disappointment and holding on to them for way too long. So that's what I've got for you today. And I hope that you've had some insight or at least some comfort from some of those strategies and advice today. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for staying with me right till the end. If you want to 
work with me to get clear on your messaging, offers, and lead generation so you can grow your coaching business online and help get great clients without that frustration or feeling like you're somehow missing part of the puzzle, then come and join me for Coach Co Demand Accelerator. Just head to victoriagibson.com forward slash coach and check it out.